0: Amen, thank you. And good morning, everyone. Okay, so you can imagine how I feel now. <laughs> I come in, you know, people come in they say, oh, I'm looking forward to hearing you later. Oh, this is your first time, right? Wow, a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I have learned this strategy before, right? It says that when you want to calm your nerves, right? So when you're talking to people, it says, Oh, just look at somebody, you know, who looks kindly, friendly, like Alice down there, right? Okay. So you talk, you speak as if you were talking to that person, right? So hi, Alice. (laughs) This sermon is for you. But Alice, I don't know whether you realise the great responsibility you have today. How well this sermon turns out actually depends on your smile. (laughs) Okay. All right, we're going to talk about Hezekiah. Uh, last week, we spoke about Joash, who is the seventh king of Judah. All right? And today, we're going to jump to uh, the twelfth king of the southern kingdom, that is Hezekiah. And uh, we can find that in Second Kings 18 to 20, and uh, also in Second Chronicles and Isaiah. Okay. So, let's, what can we learn from the life of Hezekiah? Actually, if one of the big things that we can learn from the life of Hezekiah is how to trust God. And as you can see how Hezekiah trusted God even in tough times, right? So we're going to pay attention to that, how Hezekiah trusted God. In fact, Hezekiah is introduced very soon in 2 Kings. It says that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, 2 Kings 18, the God of Israel. And actually, a great honour is said after that. It says, there was no one like him, among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. But what is all the more remarkable about Hezekiah, and as we see, as we read on, it says Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. But what was remarkable about Hezekiah is that he came to the throne after his father Ahaz. Ahaz wasn't a very good king, right? Ahaz was the one who actually cast idols for people to worship other idols. Ahaz was the one who actually worshipped those idols, sacrificed to those idols himself. He even sacrificed his sons in the fire to the other gods, following the detestable practices of the nations around them. And he shut the temple of God, you know? so that worship to the Lord could not be received. And not only did he trust in idols, he also trusted in uh, other sources, right? So he depended on the king of Assyria. Assyria was a kingdom in the in the northeast, right? So he decided that he wanted to trust in this ally, right? So he, he became a vessel state of this Assyria. So you can imagine this was the climate that Hezekiah came into power. He came to reign. You can imagine the cultural and the religious practices that were happening in those days. But in spite of that, what do we learn about Hezekiah? He says, Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David has done. You know, at the end of every king's life, if you read through the book of Kings, there's only one assessment that counts, right? Not what kind of achievements they had, No, how big was their kingdom, you know, uh, what kind of wealth did they amass. But at the end of the king's life, only one assessment mattered. And what is the assessment? The assessment is whether the king did right in the eyes of God, yeah? And so Hezekiah is said to be one who did what is right in the eyes of God. And not only that, you know, how do they compare, you know, how, how did this king do? Usually they compare it to the father, if the father was a good king. They say he, he did right, just as his father had done. But the gold standard, the gold standard for comparison was King David, right? Because King David was a righteous and godly king. So here you see King Hezekiah being compared. He said he did right in the eyes of the Lord. Just, but just and also just as his father David has done. So that is the, really the highest praise, right? So King Hezekiah who's someone who did right in the eyes of the Lord. What did he do right? Well, he reversed a lot of the wrongs that his father had done, right? Uh, from the beginning, it says in Second Chronicles, right? It says that in the first month of the first year of King Hezekiah's reign, Hezekiah reopened the temple of the Lord so that people could come and worship the Lord. Yeah? And he, dis- he went round, he destroyed all the other idols, like the Asherah poles, the sacred stones, the high places he tore down. And he made sure that worship was directed only to the true God, the Lord God of Israel. So, Hezekiah's trust made him take action, made him act in obedience to the Lord. It says, as we read on in 2 Kings 18, it says he held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. Right? So, we see his trust in his actions. What did he do? He kept the commands the Lord has given Moses and he also rebelled against the king of Assyria. Right? He did not want to put his trust in other nations, but he wanted to put his trust in the Lord alone. And how did God honour that trust? We can see the benefits of trusting God from Hezekiah's life. It says, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook and it talks about from, you know, from Watchtower to Fortified City, he defeated the Philistines, the enemies of Israel, as far as Gaza and the territory. So we can see that God gave victory unto him, God gave success, God gave prosperity. In contrast, as we read down in 2 Kings 18, it talks about Israel, Israel which is the northern kingdom, right? And the northern kingdom, it records in 2 Kings 18, fell to the Assyrians when the, the uh, Assyrian king laid siege against it. And it says the king of Assyria deported Israel to Assyria. And why did this happen to Israel? It says in the Bible, this happened because they had not obeyed the Lord, their God, but had violated his covenant, all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded. They neither listened to the commands nor carried them out. So we see the benefits of trust and we see the consequences of not putting our faith in God. So what are the the key things that happened in Hezekiah's life? We we saw just now at 25 years old, he became king. He did a lot of spiritual reforms. He did a lot of military conquests uh, and life was good. The kingdom enjoyed, he enjoyed 13 good years. There was victory, there was prosperity. But what happened after that? Around the 14th year of his reign, when he was about 39 years old, okay, many challenging and stressful things happened to Hezekiah. Firstly, the Syrians came back to attack Judah. So we read further down in 2 Kings 18, it says, in the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So, you see that uh, the thing is called the Taylor's Prism. That is actually an Assyrian record of this historical event. Right? It's Assyrian's record of them coming and marching up against Judah, capturing their cities, and putting siege to Jerusalem. So, we know that these things happen in history. But what's more interesting from, not Second Kings, but from 2 Chronicles, which talks about the same event, 2 Chronicles 32 says, after all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib king of Assyria came and invaded Judah. Wow. That's like, hey, that's not really very fair, right? I mean, here you have a man who is trusting God, but despite that, Despite his putting his faith in God and his trust in God, the Syrians came and invaded Judah. But what happened? Unfortunately, this first uh, test, Hezekiah didn't do so well. So if we read, it says, Hezekiah basically sent a message to the king of Assyria and says, I, I have done wrong against you, right? Withdraw and I will pay you whatever you demand from me. Okay? And so the king of Assyria extracted, extracted gold and silver from him. And Hezekiah had actually got to go to the temple of the Lord to take out this silver and the treasuries, take out the silver and take out the gold, and give it to the king of Assyria. So that must have been a pretty low point uh, in, his, uh, in his reign and in his life. But unfortunately, that didn't solve the problem. The king of Assyria took all the tribute, but he wasn't happy with that. He continued to want to besiege Jerusalem, which was the capital city of Judah. So the king of Assyria sent his supreme commander, his chief officer, and his field commander with a large army to King Hezekiah, and they called for King Hezekiah. So the problem didn't go away. And we see from the next few verses that Hezekiah, the pressure was mounting for Hezekiah. Outside, he was in Jerusalem, and outside there was this huge army stationed outside. And the commanders came, and you should read the whole chapter. We don't have time to read it today, but you should read the whole chapter if you want to think about psychological warfare. These Assyrians are very good you know, all the attacks and the insults that they throw at the, Israel, at the Jews, right? Some of the things that they say, is says, tell Hezekiah, he says, what are you basing your confidence on, right? And they, they see doubt in the people. They say, do not listen to Hezekiah. He's misleading you when he says, the Lord will deliver us. And they even speak against God, right? They say, has any God of any nation ever delivered his hand, this land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Who of all the gods of these countries has been able to save this land from me? How can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? So, taunt after taunt, insult after insult, doubt after doubt was seeded by the Assyrians. And you can just imagine how difficult it is to to trust God under those circumstances. So, what do we do when we, we face difficult times? What do we do? I think there are basically three choices, right if you look at it. number one is you give up right which is like what the Hezekiah did the first time around. you give up and you give in right secondly, you depend on other sources right it could be yourself, it could be in in this case, you know like his father depend on on a neighboring state right to save me right or you can depend on other gods he says uh, you know some people. I go to pray to this God, but I also go and pray to some other gods. Huh? Hopefully one of them will answer me. Yeah? Or the third choice is, do we trust in God? Do we put our trust in God? Right? So that's, thankfully, in this second time, when this happened, Hezekiah trusted God. Right, And we see, despite the huge army outside, despite all the the insults that were being thrown on them, Hezekiah went to the Lord. It says in 2 Kings 19, it records, when Hezekiah heard this, heard all the accusations, all the insults, he tore his clothes, he went into the temple of the Lord, and he sent his officials to the prophet Isaiah. And basically what he told Isaiah was pray, pray for us, bring us before the Lord, ask the Lord for his help. And God was faithful to that. And God told Isaiah, he says, tell your master this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid. You see, our God is so wonderful. He knows our feeling, right? So the first thing he says, do not be afraid. Right? Do not be afraid because I will make the king return to his own country and there I have, will have him cut down by the sword. So that was the word of the Lord through Isaiah. And then after that, the field commander eh, seemed to retreat. So it looks like things were going well. yeah. But unfortunately, no. <laughs> because the king of Assyria sent more messengers back to Hezekiah. right, And again, the... The accusations went on. He said, do not let the God you depend on deceive you when he says Jerusalem will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. The gods of the nations were destroyed by my predecessors, right? How can they deliver you? So what do you think Hezekiah would be doing now? Well, Hezekiah continued to trust the Lord. Amazingly, despite all the heavy pressure, all the severe testing, Hezekiah continued to trust the Lord. And it says in 2 Kings 19, it says, Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. And I think we should pray this, we should read this together. I think this is a great prayer, right? Under immense pressure. This is what Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. Let's read that together. Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrians have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the judgments of the earth may know that you alone are God. Sorry, all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are God. Isn't that a fantastic prayer? Hezekiah says, Lord, you are, you alone are God. You are the living God. You can see, you can hear. And now, Lord, I'm asking you, deliver us so that people may know that you alone are God. So, what do you think? Obviously, God answers that prayer, right? That answers that prayer of faith. So Isaiah sent a message to Hezekiah, says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I have heard your prayer. And he says, don't worry, right? The king of Assyria will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. And that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, they were all dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there. So God, in a miraculous and incredible way, delivered them from the hands of the Assyrians. And it goes on to say, one day when, while he, which is Sennacherib, was worshipping in the temple of his god, His sons came and killed him, fulfilling what God had told Hezekiah earlier through uh, his prophecy, right? That God will cut him down. Praise the Lord. He answered the prayer of his servant and he delivered them from the enemy's hands. But if that was not enough, (laughs) in Hezekiah's 39th year, He also contracted a terminal illness. 2 Kings 20 says, In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Wow. Another blow. We don't really know from the Bible exactly when uh, He became ill, you know. Uh, How is that related to the earlier events? Was it while the Syrians were attacking them? Or was it after the Syrians had left the city? Uh, But we do know that this happened in Hezekiah's 39th year as well because God gave him, subsequently God gave him 15 more years, right? And he died at the age of 54. So we know that all this was happening at about the same time, right? So that was a pretty stressful year, pretty, pretty tough year for Hezekiah, so again, Hezekiah had the had option, right? Hezekiah had the option to give up, give in, you know? Blame God. Say, why God are you doing all this to me? Hezekiah had the option to turn to other sources for help, right? He could turn to other gods. He could turn to uh, human wisdom, all kinds of cures. Or he could turn to the Lord. And again, Hezekiah chose to turn to the Lord. It says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to God. And basically, he didn't complain, right? He didn't blame God. All he said was, God, I walked faithfully before you, right? And in in Isaiah, it says about Hezekiah saying, I look to the heavens and I'm being threatened. He says, Lord, come to my aid. So Hezekiah continued to trust God in this very stressful year when one after another, uh, you know, disastrous event happened. And again, Lord answered his faith, right? Very quickly, actually. It says, it's recorded for us, before Isaiah had left, after he told Isaiah this, Isaiah left, right? And Isaiah was, Isaiah was walking out of the court. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah, and said to him, go back and tell Hezekiah, right? This is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will heal you. So the Lord told him that he'll give him 15 more years, 15 more years to live his life, right? And the Lord also said, I will deliver you from the hands of the Syrians. I will defend this city. So he knew that God will continue to defend his city from the Syrians, and the last event that got uh, the Bible records for us, is Hezekiah receiving the Babylonian envoys and showing off his kingdom. Unfortunately, this is also uh, not one of those positive points in Hezekiah's life. Yeah, uh, what happened was the Babylonians heard that Hezekiah had been miraculously healed, right, and they heard about this miracle. So they wanted to come in and see him, yeah, so they came and the funny part was Hezekiah got a bit carried away right when he came he he showed them everything you know he showed them all his treasures he showed them all the silver and gold he had uh, it says you know all the storehouses he opened uh, so he showed them everything right why was he going why was he doing this I don't know was he proud you know was he hoping to that Babylon could be a future ally, we don't know. But he made this funny action of showing off all that the kingdom had uh, to the Babylonians. So Isaiah, after that, came to him and questioned him. He said, why did you show off all this? Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until the day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So the consequence of Hezekiah showing off all these treasures was the Babylonians will come back one day, knowing that there's this rich kingdom. I'm going to raid this rich kingdom. I'm going to carry off all these people. But the ends of this account ends off with a very strange uh, remark from Hezekiah. Hezekiah says, "The word of the Lord you have spoken is good, good." <laughs> you know, so you're wondering what is Hezekiah thinking, right? Because then he was just thinking there'll be peace and security in my lifetime. That's that's all. You know, so he was a bit self-centered at that point of time. Peace and security in my lifetime is good. You know what's going to happen after that? I, I'm not so worried. Okay, so unfortunately, this wasn't a very good uh, point in Hezekiah's life as well. Okay? So we see the life of this king, this King Hezekiah, who, under great pressure and under great odds, he trusted the Lord. But we also see this man failing in his trust at other times. Yeah? Showing that you know he's just not perfect like any one of us, right? But despite all of that, God looked at him and said, he's a man who trusted after my own heart. Yeah? Uh, he's a man who did right in the eyes of the Lord. He's a man who, as I compare him to King David, such a godly and righteous man. Yeah? And actually, he's, Hezekiah is one of eight good kings right? out of uh, 20 rulers that uh, Judah has. And he's one of the top two kings, right? That God actually says there's no one like him before or after. So with that story of Hezekiah's life, what can we learn about trusting God? But Firstly, let me ask you this question. What do you need to trust God for now in your life? For some of us, it may be, you know, our job, our business, right? Or it could be our marriage, our family. Maybe something is not going so right. Maybe you're facing certain challenges. and That's what you need to trust God for. For some of us, it could be our health, maybe, our healing, yeah? Or for some of us, it could be our future, our children's future, right? It could be, who's the life partner? Am I going to find a life partner? Who's going to look after me in my old age? Yeah. Is my retirement funds enough? Okay. So what do you need to trust God for? And for what you need to trust God for, can you trust Him? Why should you trust Him? So I think as I read the Bible and I read 2 Kings, one of the things that answers for me the question, the encouragement that comes from the Word of God is we trust God because God is the God that's worthy of our trust, right? For instance, we see from this whole, as as we read the book of Kings, the Lord said to King David, this is what the Lord said to King David in 2 Samuel, he says, the Lord declares to you, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. And actually that happened. God fulfilled that promise to David, to King David. King Hezekiah is already one of the great, great, great grandchildren of King David, right? And the line of King David, the dynasty of David, went all the way up to the last king. So God honoured that promise. God actually put his, his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren on the throne, successors on the throne, and they continued to reign over the kingdom of Judah. And I put up there the, the chart. That is a chart of the genealogy of Jesus, right, Come in, in, uh, from Matthew and Luke. And it shows all the kings, right? You can see all the kings from a bit small, but Solomon all the way down, you can see Hezekiah's name there, and all the way, and we can see that the Messiah or Jesus actually came from the line of David in fulfillment of what the Lord has said, has promised to King David. And this, is, this Messiah fulfills ultimately this verse. that says that your throne will be established forever because he is the king of kings, and he is the eternal king. So on this side of history, we have the privilege of seeing God fulfilling his promises, right? To David, and also God has fulfilled another promise through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has fulfilled the promise of providing a way of salvation to us. When man could not provide his own way, God says, I will provide Salvation will come from my hands. So Jesus came, Jesus died, paid the price for our sins, and he rose again. And this is the greatest blessing, this is the greatest gift and fulfillment of promise that God has given to us. And he will come again, right? As he said. So we see from God's word and we see from history that we have a God who is trustworthy, a God who fulfills His promise. But if you ask Hezekiah, if you ask, he says, why should we trust God? How can I trust God with my needs? What do you think would be Hezekiah's answer? Well, Hezekiah can talk about a lot of things, right? Hezekiah can talk about, oh, the Assyrians came, you know, there's this huge army, and uh, God killed them, and God sent them away. Hezekiah can talk about, I was seriously ill to the point of death and God healed me, right? But well, I think Hezekiah's answer is, is shorter than that. Yeah. Hezekiah's answer, I think, would be, we trust God because the Lord alone is God, right? And we can see from his great prayer just now, that's why he believes in his heart. The Lord alone is God. That's why I trust God. So let's consider that a bit more. The Lord alone is God. So Hezekiah trust was the Lord alone, he alone is capable. He alone is capable of fulfilling what, or, or meeting whatever need I have. Right? And we know that Hezekiah saw this, saw this from God's hand, saw, saw when he got delivered from the Syrians. Hezekiah believed that he served a living God, a God that hears him, a God that sees what is going on with him, and a God that is able to act for him. Hezekiah believed that the Lord is the only God to be worshipped, right? And he's the only God that can be trusted. So therefore, he took away all the other sources of trust from men, he took away all the other sources of trust uh, from idols and other gods because he knows they are nothing. Only God is the maker of heaven and earth. Who wants to go and trust in all these things made from human hands, right? So Hezekiah knew that uh, only God alone is capable. But as we look at Hezekiah's life, just like we said that, you know, even despite being faithful, still things don't always go right, right? Trouble still comes. So you might be thinking then then really what's the point, you know? We have a God that's capable, yes, but if we trust Him then we still aren't exempt from trouble, you know? Trouble still comes our way sometimes. Or we remember the words of Jesus. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Right? So we live in a fallen world. We will face trouble, that's what Jesus said. Right? It's a fallen world. Right, Things will go wrong. Even if we are faithful to God, we are not exempt from trouble. But don't you think that if trouble comes, you want to be having the one who is overcoming by your side? Right? So Jesus says, trust in me. I have overcome the world. Our God is capable. He alone is capable. Our God alone is God and He alone is the one that puts blessing into our lives. You know? As we see from Hezekiah's life, as Hezekiah trusted God, we see that God granted him success. God granted him prosperity. God granted him victory. God granted him health. And those are the things that we want in life, right? And God desires, we must believe our God is a God who desires to bless us, a God who desires to give us those good things. But we may, again, we may say, but, you know, again, it's not, these good things don't come to us all the time. Sometimes I, I pray for healing and I may not get it, right? So what's, what's the answer to that? What's the answer to that? I think one of the answers is that we live, this life is an earthly life, right? And this life is a finite life. And this life is going to end, right? At some point of time. So, for instance, with regard to health, Hezekiah was granted 15 years of life by God. But come some point, Hezekiah had to die, right? So, the implication is in this life, we can only get limited blessings, right? We are not in a position to receive the full blessing. When God told Hezekiah, God told Hezekiah, I'm going to give you 15 more years, God didn't say, Hezekiah, you're going to live forever, right? But you know what? Somebody has actually said that to us. Somebody has actually said to you and me who believe in the Lord that you will live forever. So our God is a God who blesses us not only in this life, but a God who blesses us way beyond this life. And that is the greatest blessing that he, he has given us, and that's the greatest blessing that we can receive. So Ephesians 1, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So our God has blessed us way beyond what we can receive in this earthly life. The God our god alone is capable our god alone is the one that can give us blessing and our god also is the one whose appraisal counts at the end of it all you know this may be a strange thing right it says what what's it got to do with uh trusting god right but the but the strange part is you know we face Trials in, when we face trials in life, God wants to see how we deal with that trial, right? As we said, there are many choices. We can give up, we can trust in other things, we can trust in ourselves, or we can trust in God. God wants to see how we deal with those things. Do we deal with Him on the basis of trust? Do we trust Him for those things? So we may be thinking, what, what kind of God is this, Right? I mean, does he just take pleasure <laughs> in setting up all these tests and see how well we do? You know? But that's not the case, right? Our God is a loving God. Our God is a God who desires to bless us. So when God tests us, He wants to see how we, we do so that He can bless us even more. You know, as a parent, some, as a parent those of you parents, you will understand, right? You, you love your child. You want to be able to give your child more, but you want to also know that your child is ready to receive the additional things that you want to give to your child. So it's the same with God. God is like that, right? God wants to see how well we do with the things that He gives us so that He can give us more, right? And Jesus talked many times about this, right? This issue of trust and stewardship. talk about the parable of the talents, right? He says, if you are faithful with little, you'll be given more, right? So if you you trust God with little, He will give us more, right? And this, this more even extends to the eternal blessing. In James 1, it says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So we trust God because he is alone, is God. He is the one who is capable of coming through for us. He is the one who desires to bless us, he alone. He is the one alone whose appraisal matters to us because that will determine, you know, whether we can appropriate the blessing he has for us. But you know, again, back to Hezekiah's life. I don't know what the the thing that you were thinking about just now in trusting God, but you look at what Hezekiah had to trust God with. Hezekiah had to trust God with a lot, right? In the face of imminent uh, being conquered, in the face of imminent death, Hezekiah had to uh, trust God. So how do we come to that point where we can trust God even in tough circumstances. I ask myself, you know, if I were Hezekiah, if I was up there being besieged by the Assyrians, can I trust God? Can I trust God at that point of time? But my answer, I do not really know the answer to the question, but my answer is, I want to learn to trust God more. I want to learn to trust God to the point that You know, I can trust God in very tough circumstances. What happened to Hezekiah if he had not trusted God in those circumstances? He would have missed out the blessing of God's deliverance. He would have missed out the blessing of God granting his kingdom peace. You know, they could have just easily been taken off to the Assyria like the Israelites, right? So because Hezekiah trusted God in the big things, right, God was able to give him Uh, great blessing as well. So, I want to learn to trust God more. I want to learn to trust God even in the tough situations. How do we do that? I think we can also learn from the life of Hezekiah. Right? And I think the first thing that I see from the observation of Hezekiah's life is he starts small, he starts early. Right? As we said, the first thing when he started coming to power, he already opened God's temple, he took away all the idols. He started doing things which were following God's ways, right? So we know as we... It's the same with trusting other people, right? When we are very guarded with them, let's say you have a new colleague, right? Uh, You're not so sure whether this person is a good person, uh, so you don't want to say too much to this person, right? You don't want to trust this person, but after a while, you, as you get to know this person better, you find that, eh, hey, okay, this person doesn't seem too bad, and I trust him with something, and he doesn't betray my trust. Eh, hey, I can trust him more, right? So it's the same with God and our building our trust with God. As we get to know God better, as we get to trust him and experience uh, him coming through for us, our trust level will grow, right? So we must just keep trusting God in the small things, keep trusting God straight away, right? And if we have not been doing that early, we should start doing it now. And then we can see God's hand working in our lives. And then we can realise that He is a God that really comes through for us. And the other thing I see from the life of Hezekiah is, you know, Hezekiah had his faults, right? We know Hezekiah had his failings. But despite that, God was very gracious God came true for him the second time round. When he failed the first time and the second time round when he needed God's help, God came true for him. So we see that we have a gracious God, a gracious God who understands our frailty, a gracious God who knows that, you know, we may not be able to trust him every time. And when we fail, he's a God who's still there for us. He doesn't give up on us. Yeah? So with that, when we fall, we can have the confidence to know that as we come back to God, we can begin again with Him. Right? We can again put our trust in Him and He will be there for us. So what, what do you need to trust God for now? And can you trust in God? Yes, you can trust in God. We can trust in our God because He is God alone. He is the one alone who is able to help you in your situation. He is the one who desires to bless you right? when you trust in Him. And He is the one who really is interested to know whether you trust Him because He is wanting to give you even more when you put your trust in Him. Let's pray together. Let's, Let's just spend some time and... Why don't we just bring whatever we need to trust God for before Him right now and let's just pray together. Father, I, for each of us, we, we have different needs as we come to You, God. Some of us have small needs, some of us may not have a need at this point of time. Some of us have huge needs of God. But we thank you that God, you are the great and mighty God. As we sung just now, how great is our God. And his name is above every other name. And he's a God who's worthy. So God, we know that God, you are the God who is capable, capable of taking care of us when we put our trust in you in every situation, for every need. Help us, Lord. Help us to, to trust you. Help us to even take small steps, of God, to trust you. Help our unbelief, Lord, if we have unbelief. Help us to see you, the right view of you, to know that you alone are God. There is no other. There is no one like you. So God, help us. We, we put this matter into your hands. We want to trust you. And we, we thank you that you are God who desires to bless us. You are a God who, who cares for us. And you are God who is a faithful God. So God, thank you. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for seeing us. And thank you. We know that you will do the best for us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.